Got a little bit different show for you coming up this afternoon. Look, listen, it's second down as the intro plays again. We're just overly excited about today, but obviously it's second down. So we're going to talk college football today, but we're coming at the national championship from a little bit different perspective. I think a fun perspective coming into this one. So Christian Gokel, of course, joined by PJ Zuko as always. And uh, we'll get the, listen, it's a Friday. We're obviously ready for the weekend. We get the video stream going here in just a second. There it goes. So we're getting ready for the weekend. Y'all, y'all, y'all getting here and you look at PJ Zuko. But yeah, come got on. Got the fresh haircut. See, now you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. We're got, all ready now. Yeah, we're we're the, good to go. Got the flannel going on. It, but, it, it, it's perfect weather outside. Let's let's be real. Like to me, this is this is peak South Georgia weather. I mean, or, it's pretty, peak it's weather nice. period. It's yeah. pretty dang nice out there. Yeah, it's incredible. And this ain't a weather show. I should show, be golfing right, right now. Eh, there's better things to do. What would you be doing right now? Anything but golf. All right, well, PJ's there. All right, so I said it was going to be a little bit different of a show, obviously talking about the national championship, but just from a different perspective, we're going to have some fun. We're going to do a little uh, Monopoly gambling, we'll call it. Oh, yeah. I like what Mike Greenberg says. He, Whenever he does a gambling segment, he says, you should never bet with money that you can't just forget about. True. So we, we will still Mike Greenberg's line there, and we'll say that. if you, you, you should never gamble with money that you can't just burn and forget about it. And not have to worry about it. So, so we're going to preface it with that. I should never gamble. That's what I got from that. I, how about... PJ, you're like... Uh, how about you? Yeah, I should never, ever gamble. <laughs> ever. If somebody wants to give me some money to gamble, I'll say I gambled with it. But then, there you know, go. go ahead and throw that in the savings account. But that's the thing. Even then, it's like, there's uses for this that I could <laughs> very much... Uh, it's like when uh, the grandparents <laughs> give you the money, they're like, go have some fun. You're like, no. Paying rent. Yeah. My gas, like next ne- next gas tank, next fill up sounds fun. good. That's fun. We appreciate that. No, uh, we're gonna we're gonna go and look at some lines, and we always do this around the Super Bowl. But I like it for the national championship because I also think this is a good way to preview games a lot of times because it really tells you what you're thinking. Also, while we're talking, there's a child looking at us <laughs> through the glass who is wearing a Baby Yoda shirt and just stuffing, I can't, his or her face. They're at that age where you yes. just, you're not sure. Yes, it's got for a sure. sweet mullet going on. Great mullet, peak like that's yeah. peak baby look. Let's be no, that's real, a, like, that's peak that's fashion. A, that's a style. No, man. that's peak fashion in 2022, right there. Baby Yoda sweater on, got the chacos on the feet, got some chinos on, and a mullet. That's all I'm saying. Because like when a you're baby is more fashionable than I am. Like when you're a baby, like no one cares what you wear, right? Yeah, you know, like you wear whatever I don't you know. you wear whatever you want. Things People change. Are like, uh, well, that's what I'm saying. People are like, oh, they're cute baby, whatever, and. Let's let's be real clear about something. There are cute babies, and then there are very much not. Wow. Okay. Wow. There's, there's a, there's, we need to let's cut out the lies. PJ's right? out here. Have you had this on your heart for a while? Let's be honest. I'm just, I'm just. I've always heard that from like when I was. Have a kid. you seen a baby before? You're, such and you're a like, cute wow, baby. that's like, an ugly baby. Nah, that, like that's an alien. What are you talking about? That's not a cute baby. Do you think Kevin was what a cute do you baby? Mean? <laughs> Do you think Kevin was a cute baby, or do you think like the doctor was like, "Woof, look at that thing"? It's not finished yet. Like actually, like uh, spanked Kevin twice just because of how ugly he was. Probably. Like once, once to make sure he was breathing, and then once just because like, "Ugh." 
<laughs> All right. Now, let's get into some of these. So we got a bunch to get into today. Uh, I have another theological question. I was question. going somewhere with that. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All I'm saying is like... Tell so me how like, ugly babies tie back no, into no, 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 the no, no, national no. championship. Not, not only that. All I mean is like you can wear whatever you want when you're a baby, whatever. That baby woke up this morning. He said, you know what? I'm looking good. I'm looking fresh. I'm wearing peak fashion today. Not just going out and it anything. It seems to be eating some sort of Chinese food, <laughs> All right. which is just wonderful. Uh, anyway, so let's get into some of these lines. We have some just the regular prop bets that you hear all the time, and then we have a bunch of, of player prop bets. And, I, again, I think this can kind of tell the story of how we think the game's going to go. It's just coming at it from a different perspective. We can do the whole uh, the theories of Kirby Smart and Nick Saban just owning real estate in his mind. Can he get past that? Uh, do the Georgia players have a mental hurdle to get over with Alabama? Yada, yada, yada. We, you, you can listen to literally anybody do that anywhere. Just face a direction Yep. or get on the internet and you can find that show. No problem, right? What we're going to do, go through some of these prop bets. First one, I want to start with PJ. I find this fascinating based off of what we saw during the last game. The over-under for this game, 52 and a half. Hmm. Wow, yeah. I mean, Alabama almost scored that much by themselves. Yeah. In the first game. Like, <laughs> goodness yeah, gracious. Did. I didn't even like yeah. I didn't even mean that as like a dig. Was, like, but yeah, no, the last two times Georgia and Alabama geez. got together sixty five points. Well, I think so when you have games like this with like really good defenses, really good just teams in general, I'd say I'm not gonna get into that. It can go one of two ways. So like that that's kinda how I always see it, is like it's either gonna be a score fest or it's gonna be ten to nine. Right, it's going to be like thirteen to seven, and just both defenses show up and play out of their minds. And maybe, maybe you see that too when when teams are a little bit too tight. I don't think either of these teams are, are going to be that. Um, but yeah, I I would. That is a little surprising. Are we, are, we're we're making our choices here, right? Yep. I would take the over on that uh, because I think these two offenses are probably too talented, you know, to slow down that much. Uh, especially, like, I think, for instance, I think defense, I think Georgia's defense is going to have a really good performance, but Alabama's still going to score points. Like, you just got to be able to slow them down, not necessarily stop them altogether. So, yeah, I'll take the over on that. I think it's interesting. Alabama comes into this one averaging 40.9 points per game. That's good for number four in the country. Georgia comes in averaging 37.7 points per game. I, oof, this is a good line because... If you look at it, and I think from the Georgia fan perspective, if it's somewhere near this line, you feel like Georgia's got a really good shot to win that football game, right? Agreed. The closer it gets to 60, I think the more worried Georgia fans start getting because that starts meaning the games that start getting up towards 31-28, stuff in that realm. So I think the closer to this line for Georgia, the better. It means your offense is putting up some points, but at the same time, your defense is able to come up there and put up a better performance against Alabama, or it can mean the complete opposite of that, and it could be 42 to 10. <laughs> yeah. Right. And it could be 42 to 10 yeah. for Georgia. Like, uh, I'm, no, it is not. No, that I mean, is, I, I just. Happen. I, I don't know, man. I, I think. I don't know. If, if that happens, it means Bryce Young misses the plane, Jamison Williams just opts out. And then Georgia's history against backup quarterbacks doesn't come back to get him again. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with the over on this one, but slightly. Yeah. I don't think this is one of those ones where you blow it out of the water 
with the over. I think I'm going to go over, but slightly. And I just don't want to live in the world where I bet the under. At n- no Not one a good should. time. No Not one a good should. Time. All yeah. right. I think this next one's interesting, too. Highest scoring half right now. And these are all courtesy of Caesar Sportsbook, Williams Hill, right? Highest scoring half, first half, second half, or at plus 1,300, you can say the score will be the same. Ooh. Or the amount of points scored will be the same. Goodness gracious. How many people are, <laughs> how many people are taking that? Ooh, I would say second half. I would say second half. I, I think that would go counter to what happened in the SEC championship. In the yeah. SEC championship, there was 37 points. No, more than that. I can't math. I mean, Alabama really blew up in the second 41 quarter. 41 points. Like, yeah. I, I would say second half. I, I think, I think we're going to see a little more of feeling out in the first little bit. And yeah. Things will things will get scoring there in the second half, but but I think really once you go in, make those adjustments uh, for both teams, maybe find something special, and then then here comes the back and forth, uh, like like we saw a few times against with with Alabama and Clemson. Like I think we're getting ready for for that type of matchup. So I'll go second half. I'll again say if you are a Georgia fan, you are hoping it's the second half. Because if it's the first half, what does that usually mean, right? The first half of Georgia-Michigan, Georgia dominated that game and just kind of ran the clock out in the second half. Uh, Cincinnati-Alabama, pretty much the same thing. SEC Championship, same thing. Alabama dominates in the first half, goes on that scoring streak, and then comes back out. And Georgia only scores seven in the second half, but Alabama only scored 17 in the second half. So it's just they kind of milked the, the clock away, and that pick six pretty much put everything to bed. So... If you are a Georgia fan, I think you got to hope it's the second half. Yeah. And I think the last thing Georgia fans want is to see them get out to a 10-point, 14-point lead real early in this game because then you're going to be like, oh, no. Yeah, right. How, do, oh, we, how no. do we respond to this? No, no, no. How do we stop no, no. this train I'm from saying rolling? Georgia fans don't want to see Georgia get out oh, to yeah, an yeah. early 10-14-point no, right. lead. Because, I mean, that's... <laughs> what were you, 21-7 to in the 2018 SEC Championship. You were up early on Alabama in 2020 in Tuscaloosa, and you were up 10 to nothing on Alabama in the SEC championship game. That, and uh, we, I mean, it's not just Alabama, right? I mean, we saw it in, what, Florida, Georgia last year? Yeah. You know, Georgia gets out to a 14, good run, and then all of a sudden, lead, yeah. yeah, Florida starts steaming I'm just, back. I'm so. just more thinking of uh, Georgia sure. against Alabama. In these Strictly Alabama. Yeah, yeah. I, I get it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I'm going to say, I'll say the second half. I think the second half is the higher scoring of the two halves. I think you're going to see a different Georgia defense in this game. And so I'll go with the them coming out, able to lock down Jamison Williams because John Mechie is not there now because Jamison Williams isn't still just as good as he was. Mm-hmm. But And then you get into the halftime adjustments. You see both of those offenses come out in the second half. I think you see a lot more points there in the second That's half. The all right. like, I think Alabama is going to find an answer, but... It's all about Georgia being able to count, counter it. So yeah, now, I do like the sure. one where it says the uh, or, the, or the next one here because it's first score. Yeah, is it a touchdown, a field goal, or at plus four thousand <laughs> a safety? I kind of want to take that. That'd be amazing. Um, I'll go with field goal actually. 
I'll go with field goal. I think, you know, it takes a couple drives for both teams. Like I said, it takes a couple drives for, for both teams to go back and forth a little bit. And then, you know, either Alabama or Georgia connects on a big player too, puts together a solid drive, but isn't able to punch it in the end zone. Maybe uh, Georgia holds strong there inside the red zone and Alabama has to settle for a field goal, which they make, which, I mean, let's be honest, that's not, that's not just a – there's no chip shots for Alabama in big games, but I think it's a field goal. All right, I'm going to go hmm, – this means for $100, PJ, you, just, you bet $100 on this, you could get $4,000. Don't tell me that. $4,000 <laughs> on that safety. That's $100, though, that – Just bet up – put a hundred put hundred down? Okay, well, if you put 10 down, you can get 400 You basically have a 99% chance, though, of just being like – Burning – Just like burning this, $100. Said, Mike Greenberg said, if you, can't, if you can't just burn it, that's don't why, bet it. That's why we shouldn't be betting. Don't bet it. Lord knows I can't. But I'm going to go touchdown. Uh, I think okay. one way or the other, I think if Georgia gets down into, say, the 30s, right, and you're on the 32-yard line and it's fourth and three, first drive of the game, I think Georgia's probably going for it. Do you think it's the same at, like, the 22? Yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah, because, I mean, Jack Pelosny can hit from there. Yeah. No, I just see that sure. opening drive. If it's, like, short yardage situation, they're going for it, so that kind of skews it towards if I'm going to bet on something, I think it's going to be a touchdown. Okay. See, that's the thing. I'm I'm betting on all this stuff. Like I've played the game out in my head and how I feel and, like it's going to go, and I'm Alabama, kind of betting score, all based on points. that. Yeah. yeah. They do, but they, they all. I don't know. Like you can every every game is different. Every drive is different. You can have one of those, one of those drives where it's really solid, even from Alabama with all their playmakers and and whatever, and then on first and ten, incomplete pass. Second and ten, holding. Like yeah. you know what I mean? So like, the, well, I mean, the SEC championship started with a field goal. Yeah, a sl- slow snowball effect, right? So you're going field goal. I'm going field goal. Yeah, I'll go touchdown Stay there. With that. We got more to come here on second down. We're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we got some of the player props to dive into here, but we do have another fun one to get into as well. And then, of course, done it to him all week. Why stop now? I have another just theory conversation. I thought we were going to avoid that today. No, we got a small one. Small theory conversation when we come back. Don't if you want to get in on the action, you want to tell us what your prop bets would look like as we're picking here. 912-342-7184. Phone lines are always open here. Got another big show coming up on 3 and Out following us, of course. And then on Monday, uh, the guys from 3 and Out will be at Coach's Corner in Savannah leading you up to the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Coach's Corner going to have an oyster roast going that night. John Henderson and the guys up there at Coach's Corner, always do an awesome job, all sports, all the time, at Coach's Corner. So get out and see the guys from 3 and out Monday from 3 to 6 p.m. And then, of course, in Savannah, the home broadcast of the Georgia Bulldogs coming up on Monday night. we got more to come here on Second Down, though. More prop bets coming your way. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian Gokel. Thought I was alongside PJ Zuko, but as I sit here talking to you guys, listening to Creed, PJ Zuko has abandoned me. So we'll keep going. We're, we've been diving through some of the prop bets for the national championship coming up on Monday afternoon or Monday night, I should say. Pre-game coverage starts Monday afternoon. And again, the guys from three and out will be live at Coach's Corner in Savannah starting at three o'clock as PJ Zuko makes his triumphant return. Cup of coffee in hand as he does it hey how's it going you just didn't want to listen to creed did you no i was actually really excited for creed you what serious? happened i was i was back working this is work yeah i was doing something else for work 
I likely excuse. Anyway. I mean, I I had to get stuff ready for tomorrow. You know, when people do the place of this, I'm just good. telling you the truth. Uh, man. I usually need some problems in the airport. I'm trying to. All right. Let's not give away all our secrets. All right. I mean, I'm trying to just trying to do work here, trying to do work back there. It is what it is. Okay. Well, I'm going to keep doing work right here. Uh, overtime. <laughs> there are odds on this football game going to overtime. Obviously, the last time these two teams met in the national championship. We all remember how that one went in overtime. Uh, but as we're looking at it, the odds for it going to overtime plus 900. Hmm. Is that is that enough to get PJ Zuko to throw some cheddar on it? That means for a hundred dollar bet, you can win nine hundred. What about like five dollars? I can tell you what a five dollars. Like let me let me see what a five dollar bet would net you there. For I mean, five bucks, you can win forty five. Dude, let's go. So throw it down there. Let's go. No, this isn't going. No, it's not going over. Okay, so if you wanted to bet the other way, yeah, uh, it is minus twenty nine hundred. So for the I, game not to go. So if you bet $100, you have a chance to win a cool $3.45. Yeah. If the game doesn't go to overtime. <laughs> right. I'm just not betting on so this So w- which way are you going? Like, if you if you had that, yes or no? I mean, the under. No, it's not It's not going to overtime. Not going no. to overtime? This, this one is settled in regulation. Yeah, We're only going to need 60 minutes to figure this one out? For sure. All right. Let's move to some of the player props here. I think this is going to be interesting. Jamison Williams. Obviously, absolutely torched Georgia in the last game. 184 yards. Not a typo. And two touchdowns. I also might be kind of blind, but here we are. 184 yards, two touchdowns. His over-under for receiving yards in this game, and mind you, John Mechie out. 123 and a half. Mm. Goodness gracious, that's a lot. I mean, obviously, like you said, he made some big plays, had a ton of yards there that first time, and he's been torching everybody all year. I mean, but to, to not have that, that guy on the other – well, I mean, they, it's Alabama. They definitely have guys on the other side that can still do work. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's true. Um, I'm still going to go the under. I, I think Georgia does a, a more valiant job of, of tying him up uh, this, this time around and makes them – Makes Alabama try and beat them with different guys, and not 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 those broken coverages kind of that, that we saw, especially in the second quarter of the first time around. Uh, so I'll go with the under. Yeah, Cincinnati, I guess you can say, held Jamison Williams uh, to 62 yards on seven receptions. So same amount of receptions, about 120 less yards in the game. And Jamison Williams did not find Pater, but also when you look up the stat sheet, Brian Robinson, 26 carries, 204 yards in that game, just setting all kinds of Alabama postseason records there. So, Because uh, they were surprised, man. They were, they were surprised they ran the football. Huh? We, we, I don't think anybody was surprised, especially <laughs> not if you listen to this show. That's literally all we were talking about leading up to that game. But yep. uh, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking of the two long touchdowns he had. You obviously had the busted coverage that turned that game from 10 to nothing to 10 to 7 quick. Mm-hmm. And then you had Bryce Young just throwing a bomb, and it wasn't actually – bad coverage it's just james williams had a half step on two georgia dbs and hauls it in and so he made up a lot of his ground on those two receptions i think this is a really good line i do think he breaks 100 but i'm going to take the under on that one i just think with john mechie being out georgia's going to be able to focus a lot on him yeah and i also think you're going to see a different defensive strategy from georgia 
I think you're going to see them sending more guys so the ball will have to come out quicker, maybe not giving as much time for those long developing routes uh, for Jameis Williams. But I also think Bryce Young does a really good job when he's under pressure of checking down. And so you can see a spike in Brian Robinson's receptions, uh, Slade Bolden, those guys, maybe the tight ends get a little bit more involved for Alabama here as well. So I'm going to say under 123 and a half. All right, Bryce Young absolutely cooked Georgia in this game. 421 yards and three touchdowns in the SEC championship. His over-under for the national championship, 319 and a half. Hmm. Okay. Um, I'll actually, this, mm, this might be surprising considering what I've been saying all week about this game and what I just said about Williams. I'll go with the over. I don't I'll, think it's surprising. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the over, not by a ton, but I think, again, like I've been saying, this, this is one of those games where like Alabama's going to get theirs and they're going to find a counterpunch to Georgia and, and score some points. But it's not going to be enough. Maybe a few drives end, end in a bad way and turnover on downs or something like that. But has, a ton, has, has over 320 yards passing. And maybe some of those come from check downs and, and tight end passes and yeah. things like that. Uh, but still doesn't come home with a win. But, yes, over, over with the yardage. I think it's going to be really hard for Alabama to run the ball in this game. Like Brian Robinson ain't going for two bills again. They're gonna have to do it oh, through no. the yeah. yeah. They're gonna have to do it through the air. So I think it's a pretty easy over for me. I mean, win or lose, Bryce Young's going over three hundred yards passing in this game. Yeah. It's just that's what their offense is gonna be, is them through the air. And it's just how does Georgia counter that? Do they kind of play soft and let Alabama do whatever they want to between the twenties, or do they go attacking, sending six, seven guys at Bryce Young? That's obviously remains to be seen. It's going to be really hard, regardless of what Georgia decides to do for Alabama to run the football in this game. So, yeah, I think 319 and a half. I'm taking over on that. All right, this next one's interesting. George Pickens obviously had the long reception against Alabama, but it's been kind of an interesting rotation, I guess, for him. Uh, he had two receptions for 41 yards and the long of 37 in the SEC championship, and it seems like every time he makes a play, they pull him out. Guess obviously just trying to keep him healthy. His over under for this game sixty three and a half receiving yards. Really? Hmm. I think he had the one reception against Michigan that kind of slant route. We're still an amazing catch, but yeah. not like five yards. Well, I think this offense obviously is is turned into while he's been out has has turned into an offense that doesn't just have to go to him for the big plays either, right? So, um, yeah. I will say on this, I'm, I'm going to go with over. I'm going to go with over. Maybe they use him a little bit more consistent, consistently. It is the last game of the year, right? Can't hold anything back, of course. Oh, there we go. <laughs> of course. But, no, I, I think you see them go to him a little bit more, him in the ball game, in the action, in that rotation a little bit more as well, and uh, he gets over 60. I'm not saying he's going to have 150 or 200 receiving yards, but between 75 and 100 for sure. Maybe even a touchdown. Georgia just hasn't really used their receivers a ton. Right. And I'm trying to pull up the actual total receptions. Yeah, I mean, Brock Bowers is like head and shoulders above everyone else. Lad McConkie, he has 30 receptions. He's the next closest, and he's 22 behind Brock Bowers. Yeah. Right? I mean, A.D. Mitchell, 27. James Cook, who's a running back, has 25. Jermaine Burton, who I guess is your... Biggest deep threat has 24. I'd be curious how many times this year 
a Georgia receiver has gone over 63 yards. Right. Just for the game. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. So I, I, I'm I, going to go with the under here. I, I'd say unless he busts like a long one, I'd say maybe you, you feel pretty yeah, safe with that bet. Maybe a long one. Maybe maybe just two or three really solid like 20 to 25 yard catches or something like that. Like I could see that happening. I mean, but like, he, like you said, he, now he lives for the postseason, yeah. right? Like what he what <laughs> yeah. he did uh, against Cincinnati and what he did against Baylor. Like, dude lives for bowl games, mm-hmm. but obviously they didn't use him a ton in the Peach Bowl or the Peach Bowl, the Orange Bowl. Get my fruits mixed up there. <laughs> so it's just I I I'm gonna go over. I don't think George Pickens is gonna be overly featured in this game. Can it be used? Thing, like maybe you see less of that with with him making a big play and coming right out, and maybe we see more of all right, let's. Let's ride the hot hand. This is the last game of the year. Like now, obviously, you're not sitting there saying, "Yeah, no holds barred." Like throw everything, yeah. throw caution to the wind, and get a kid hurt. Like no, that's not what I mean. But I mean, you look at him, and he's even more likely to be like, "Nah, coach, let's go. Like keep me in there. Let's let's keep going." Yeah, I mean, it could be the last time we see him suiting up for Georgia. Uh, I want to go into Stetson Bennett here with his game logs because I, this next one, I think is going to be really, if you're looking for a number that's going to determine how this goes, this is it. Stetson Bennett, over under 19 and a half completions. Ooh. That's completions, not attempts. Not attempts. Um, I'll go with over. I'll go, I'll go with over, but not by much. And that might sound like I don't mean not by much in a a way that he's going to throw like a lot of incompletions or anything like that. Like I think for what needs to happen, what I think is going to happen in this game, he's going to. Did I say completions or attempts? You said completions. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to go for like twenty-one of thirty with a few hundred yards, and but still, it's it's not. It's not going to be like game breaking. All yeah. those all those attempts are going to be within reason and not way too much at the end or at the beginning. Like it's going to be balanced throughout the game. So uh, I'd I'd say over, but barely. Like that's kind of right where I was thinking. Prior to the SEC championship, where he was twenty nine of forty eight for three hundred forty yards, three touchdowns, and two interceptions. Can you tell me how many times this year Stetson Bennett completed nineteen or more passes? Prior to the SEC championship. Yeah, well that, I mean, like that line has to be a basis for something, right? And even in the big wins, like where we saw 60-something yeah. points, I mean, he probably there were some games he only had like nine completions and threw like four touchdowns. Yeah, so, so. again, prior to the SEC championship, um, can you tell me how many times he had 19 or more completions? Just this year? Yeah. Or I'll say three. That'd be zero. Wow. Heading into the SEC championship, the most completions Stetson Bennett had was 17 in the win over Tennessee. You got 13, 10, 14, 14, 7, 11, 1, 10. Yeah. Huh. I mean, I yeah, think I think when he starts creeping up. Now, I will say this. In the bucking the trend kind of, he had 20 completions uh, in the Orange Bowl. Right. And I'd say that, like, you, you look at the, obviously, with the Alabama game, he threw 48 48. Yeah. Uh, past attempts in the first yeah. place that's way too much like that that cannot happen again by and it can't get close to that i will say this but, the 30 passing attempts in the orange bowl is the most outside of the sec championship the second most outside of that was 29 against tennessee 
Also, though, like let, let's think back to the regular season. Like, how, how many times did he throw those completions in the first half, and then the second half they didn't need to throw any. Like, they didn't need to pass at all. They were up by twenty or thirty. Like, I'd say like you know the games I mean? that were actually kind of close going into the fourth quarter. I'd say Auburn. Yeah, I think that was still a two-score game going into the fourth quarter, so he still had to sling it around a little bit. He had twenty-one attempts uh, in that game. I'd say Kentucky. That one was still relatively close going into the fourth. Uh, and yeah, he had like 20, an arm's length. Yeah. He had 20 attempts in that game, so it's just it's going to be interesting. For I, think, sure. I think if you start creeping past that 19, that means things probably aren't going the way Georgia wants them to go. All right, we're going to do one more here before we take a quick break here. Zamir White, over under 59.5 yards in this game. Total. For or, rushing. Or just rushing. rushing. Okay. Um, yeah, 27 the last time these two teams met. Yeah, and obviously, you know, the, the running game in general needs to be more of an impact. But I will go hmm, I'll go under, but that's not a bad thing. Like, I'll go under, but because I think they're going to utilize the other backs as well, and they're going to utilize Amir White in the passing game and the other backs in the passing game too. So kind of like that, that kind of Michigan – type game plan that they had so uh give me under but that's that's not indicative of like the the final score right that doesn't mean i think they lose i will say two things here i think if it is over you're feeling very good yeah as a georgia fan either that means he broke one or he's just gapping alabama and you're probably running away with it but i don't think you need zamir white to go over 60 yards to win this football game right i think more so and our good friend over at dogs daily on sports illustrated brooks austin pointed this out the Georgia offense is better when James Cook is the featured back. Mm. So if you get James Cook rolling, whether that's through the air or on the ground, those little swing passes you like to do to him, that, I think, if you want to look at total yards, I think you want James Cook going over 100 yards. So I think either way this game goes, unless they just use Zamir White as, like, the cigar and you're just beating Alabama in the second half and you're just you're pounding the clock away. Just pummel him. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to take the under on this one as well. we got a couple more to go. We're going to take a quick break here on second down. We'll come back. We'll get the last two or three of these. And then I'm going to pose a question to PJ that will make a question a lot of things. We'll be right back here on second down on ESPN Radio. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Christian O'Kell alongside PJ Zuko going through these national championship prop bets with you. have got a couple more to go through. PJ, which player scores the first touchdown? I'm not giving you any odds. I'm not giving you anything. I'm just if PJ Zuko is looking at it. Hmm. Uh, which player scores first? Dang it. Okay. Um, it was Slade Bolden for Alabama in the semifinal. Right. And Brock Bowers for Georgia. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, James Cook. That's an interesting one. James Cook. Either a either a pass out the backfield, or you know you, you need to punch it in there at the goal line, and maybe Sabir White has has been carrying the load the whole drive. He needs a breather, and it's one of those where James White comes in and and finishes it off. But or James Cook, excuse me. Um, yeah, James Cook. I'm gonna throw one out there for you. Big Darnell Washington. How about that? I think Georgia gets in the red zone. I think they go with that three tight set again. I think Big Darnell Washington scores the first touchdown I like for it. Georgia in a kind of a repeat look at oh, the like, uh, of the SEC championship. Yeah, 
like play action pass down by the goal yeah, line. They kind of did a little pop pass to him in the SEC championship. Give me big Darnell Washington. All right, more total yards. Brian Robinson or James Cook? Brian Robinson, of course, coming off a 200-yard performance yeah, in the Cotton um, Bowl. And James Cook, 100-plus yards in the Orange Bowl. I'll go, uh, I'll, I'll go Brian Robinson. I'll go Brian Robinson because I think Georgia has more like utility backs that they can use. I think it's going to be more of a balanced effort through the air and on the ground yeah. for Georgia's running back game. I think for Alabama, it's it's Brian Robinson. He's the guy. Now I don't I don't think he's going to have you know blow up, but I think balanced on checkdowns from. Uh, Bryce Young because he's not finding a lot over the top, and some running game impact from from Robinson. I'll go with him. I'm gonna go with James Cook in this one, more so for what Georgia's defense is capable of. Mm-hmm. Just going back and looking at it, Hassan Haskins for Michigan had 39 yards uh, in this game, and a lot of that came on a, a, like a 19 yarder that he busted. Uh, the next leading rusher was the backup quarterback with 24 yards, J.J. McCarthy. Donovan Edwards had 16 yards. Uh, Corum, who everyone was in love with, had 13 yards. I, I'm going to take James Cook just because of his ability to catch a football and how dynamic he is. I'll go with James Cook. All right, who's the MVP in this game, PJ? Uh, who is the MVP in this game? Uh, mm, it's going to... I want to give it to a defensive player. Do it. I want to give it to a defensive player. I really do. And I would love it to be Jordan Davis. But. You want a hot take? And I know we don't do that here, but you want a hot take? What's that? I don't think Jordan Davis is going to be one of the top eight most impactful defensive players for Georgia in this game. Well, there you go. Uh, I'll go with uh, N'Kobe Dean. I think he comes up with some big plays, maybe a turnover here Force and there. Which, yeah, a turnover here and there. It kind of puts him over the edge. He's he's in the backfield or spying Bryce Young Couple all sacks. night. Yeah. Give me to Kobe Dean. All right. I think it's James Cook. Yeah. No, I'm fine. That's... I think it's James Cook. I think uh, whether it's maybe put him back for a kick return, he does something big there uh, through the air, or he busts a run. It's just I, I think James Cook is, outside of Brock Bowers, I guess, Georgia's best offensive weapon. And I'll hear arguments for both of those guys. So I think James Cook is the MVP in this game. All right, you ready to talk some theory? Yeah, for sure. You ready to just, just pontificate about some stuff? Let's let's try and make this as interesting as possible. All right, so they're playing this game in Indianapolis, and Ugh, a lot yeah. of our friends from the TV news networks are up there. I've seen some ESPN coverage as well. It's cold, snowy, icy on the roads. Which, hey, to some people, that's very nice. Sure, but when it comes to hosting an event, yeah, not entirely the weather you want to see. It took the NFL waiting for Atlanta to build an entirely new stadium before they would even bring the Super Bowl back to Atlanta because when they brought the Super Bowl back to it originally, it was snowing. <laughs> so they want a place that's nice and warm and can sell some tickets and sell out hotel rooms and stuff like that, right? It's in Indianapolis. Nothing against the city of Indianapolis, but Indianapolis not the most fun place on earth to be in January. Not true. Just right? Indianapolis so, kind of by itself. I'm going to put this out there to you. I think the national championship, and I, I started at two, but I've been moved to three, should be rotated between three cities. I like where you're going. I like where you're Pasadena, going. Pasadena. Yes. With the Rose Bowl. You could stop there, and I'd yeah, be fine with it. Right. I just I think you. It's one of those things like the World Cup where you just you have to go away from it to miss it. 
Okay. Right. Okay. Right. You got. Yes. You need that. You need that separation to miss it. So when you go back, it's that much more special. Yeah. So that the Orange Bowl is the one that I've been talked into, which I know it's an NFL stadium. Right. Yeah. Hard Rock. Moves me a little bit. But it's still Miami. It is. And like, and who who would not love to go to Miami? And, and you it's get still the orange. Nah. And you get both. You get both sides of the country, right? You get L.A. and you get Miami. True. Right? So okay. you're, you're you're being fair year to year. That's a very good point. The one that I think is the other lock, and it's just talking about college football history, is the the Sugar Bowl, playing in New Orleans. I think that's you are in the heart of that's really solid. Yeah, you're in the heart of college football territory. It's in a amazing party city. Throw that bad boy in New Orleans, and I think you should just rotate between those three. And people are like, but, but Christian, what about the North? It's in January. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's in January. Oh, that's fine. If they like, if they played yeah. this thing in March, I'd be like, all right, maybe we'll go up north a little bit. But I'm talking about cities you want to go to, destination cities. And of course, this is never going to happen because it's just always going to go to the highest bidder. I think the next two that they're talking about is Vegas and Dallas. Right. Like, why, why are we going to like Vegas, the, like, man? The, the, those are the next two cities they're talking about adding. Well, I, I, I don't, I don't want to see that. Like, I don't, sure, for, for the visitors and whatever, they can have a bunch of fun, lose all their money in Vegas. But, like, there's, there's no history or tradition there. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm, I'm not with you. The only one I would add, and I think a lot of people forget about this, this stadium, and I think maybe, maybe you won't. Even really, because I, I get where you're coming from. Like, it has to be able to sell tickets. That's what it's all about. Like, you want to have to, even if you're not a fan yeah, of one of the teams, the fan you want to have to, like... Fan base has already spent money going to one location. Yeah. You want to go there for the event and also all the other events around the city as well. But one stadium I think is forgot about a lot, the old Cotton Bowl. Okay, here's... I, I, I want to see that stadium that. more appreciated I was going to say that, you know? but they... The infrastructure around your stadium has already had them take your your bowl game away from you. You are literally called the Cotton Bowl, and they don't play the Cotton Bowl at your stadium. I know, but they they still play Texas. Uh, you they know, sure do. Texas, Oklahoma. The Red, River, the Red River rivalry. It's good enough for the state fair. Why isn't it good enough for this? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you. <laughs> right, while we're at it, let's throw one at Leach Field. <laughs> but it's just it's. I think you have to have the current infrastructure. Oh, man. I might get kicked but, off the show if I say that. Let's make the field of dreams a football stadium and okay. play it there. That'd be cool. In the outfield. Yep. I'm with you. That'd be interesting. You have to, <laughs> no, cut, really, you have to like, cut a lot more corn, but we should be able to get it done. Then let's, you know, GoFundMe page or something. Let's build the infrastructure for it and, and bring it to the old Cotton Bowl. Not Jerry World. Yeah, no, see, like. That, and the I same thing. I'm from either. Atlanta. I'm from Atlanta. Having the national championship in Atlanta, eh, they didn't build that stadium to be an awesome atmosphere. They built that stadium to sell as many tickets as possible. And it, the thing I kind of hate about it is there could be eighty thousand people in Mercedes Benz, and you only see half of them. Yep. Because the other forty thousand are at like the different bars and lounges and clubs inside the stadium. Right. And it's the same thing that's happening in Vegas. You can have that stadium packed. But honestly, the MLS games that they play in there have more people in the seats during the game than the NFL games. So I, antiseptic is the best way to kind of put stop, it. Stop going to a football game to not watch the football game. Correct. 
So it is what it is. I, they didn't build that stadium for the atmosphere during the game. They built it for getting as many people in there to spend money as possible, which is a business. It is what it is. But nothing beats the Rose Bowl. I, I love the Sugar Bowl. And then I'm never going to argue with somebody if they want to go to Miami. So those are my three. I think you should just rotate it between those three, play the national championships there, not at Santa Clara for the love of God. We're way over here. we got to take a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Second Down. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Got a big show coming up today on 3 and Out. The guys obviously getting you ready for the national championship between Alabama and Georgia. DJ Shockley, 2005 SEC Championship Game MVP, now a member of Fox 5 and the UGA Radio Network. We'll be joining the guys coming up at 320. DJ Jones, 1980 National Championship winner, will be joining immediately following. we got two DJs, PJ in the first segment, also oh. BJ on the show. A lot of J's on three and out today. And then, of course, we'll hear from Kevin Marshall, FCS Radio Nation, getting you ready for another national championship, North Dakota State versus Montana State for the FCS National Championship. All that coming up next right here on ESPN Radio.